Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Twin Picks podcast. I am your host, Dan. I am your host, Nicole. And this is a movie-based podcast where we talk about two films based on a theme. This week, our theme is Denis Villeneuve movies, and we're going to be discussing Dune and Incendie. Incendie, apparently, is, is how you pronounce it. I've been ah, listening to there some you go. Um, after that, we'll announce the theme for the next episode. And the final section is Stitch Up, where one of us has to watch a terrible movie this week. It was my turn. I had to watch William and Kate, my second royal family lifetime movie. But before all that, we could uh, just chat about whatever we want, mate. And uh, just generally what we've been up to, what we've been watching in a section that we call Anything Goes. So how you been doing, mate? I've been, I've been all right. I'm back in Melbourne now. So vacation over, but extended vacation at home mm. as I don't have work for a couple of months now. Yeah. Um, but Queensland was really lovely. I went to the Great Barrier Reef and I, I did the Daintree. And, What's the Daintree? Yeah, it was really great. Daintree Rainforest. It's apparently the oldest rainforest. In Australia, in the world, or in the world, uh, in the world, maybe. Oh. I think, yeah, because Amazon is younger than the Daintree rainforest, apparently. Well, Amazon didn't start until the nineties, I believe. <laughs> what do you mean, like an online bookstore? Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, awesome! Funny. Awesome! I'm very jealous that you you're on your holidays now i mean i know you're back at home but at least you're not at work yeah that's something but not getting any cash in my pocket which is not a little bit scary but that's all right i get to do creative stuff in the meantime yeah so well to think about all that time yeah. you're going to have for editing <laughs> yeah exactly anyone want me to edit their podcast feel free to send <laughs> it my way yeah. what about you mate i'm all right mate just working really i've been watching a lot of movies actually this week because I slowed down a little bit the last few months because I've just not been able to concentrate oh, on good. anything but mm-hmm. it was Halloween last weekend so Sarah and I had decided a few weeks prior that we were gonna do our very own little film festival Halloween based film festival I saw that we chose witches as our theme and Sarah carefully curated seven movies over three days for us to watch. So I get in quite late on a Friday night after work, uh, drive down to Sarah's, and then it's sort of a bit late. So we could only squeeze in one film on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was seven seven movies. It was a lot of fun. We'd made our very own Skittles vodka, and we had sweets, and Sarah made some programs, and it was great. We started. Yeah, I saw that. There was a lot of programs, so I thought that there was. Yeah. It wasn't just you and Sarah watching. You would think so, yeah. She, well, she yeah. she made up the uh, the program and and ordered it from the printers, and I think she meant to order like three or five, but we think there was a minimum order, and we ended up with twenty five of them. So oh. we've, got, <laughs> <laughs> we've got some spares. Brilliant. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was just, it was immersive. We set up the, the projector as a second screen. So it was a nice sort of change of pace where we wanted to watch the better films at night on the projector. That worked quite well. Mm. We started with The Witch on the Friday night. And then we moved on to Rosemary's Baby on Saturday, Pie Whacket and The Neon Demon. And then we finished off 
the weekend on the Sunday with Hocus Pocus, the autopsy of Jane Doe, mm. and we finished with Suspiria. Great movie. Is this the new Suspiria or the, no, the original. original? Yeah, the original one, the Argento, yeah. the Argento one. I think I enjoyed The Witch out of all of the movies that I haven't seen the most. Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. um, was all right. I mean, it was a very, it was very slow, and it's very hard to get your mind off of just who directed that movie. So I, I struggled with it a little bit. Um, the Neon Demon, have you seen that one? I have. I've watched it a while ago, and I saw St- I saw Sarah's review, and I was like, oh, maybe I need to give this another go. Yeah. What did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a bit, yeah, okay. a bit slow. Um, it was had some really good That's stuff what in I it. Thought it was. It was very dark. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. Mm-hmm. I did, but it kind of needed to be that way for the sort of story that it was telling. It had some moments of excellence, and it had some moments that were just very long and a bit pretentious. And I didn't care for it too much. So on on balance, I think it was it was fine. Honestly, though, I would say the peak of it and the peak of the weekend, and I wasn't expecting this, but probably the most it's enjoyable experience was hocus pocus yeah it was a lot of fun <laughs> and a good sunday morning Have you seen movie it before no i've never seen it before oh brilliant never had any interest in it and um I, look, don't get me wrong i probably will never watch it again but it was just a bit of fun particularly after all of the heavy going rosemary's baby and the witch and all of that stuff it was nice to have something a bit more light-hearted and something that was kind of entertaining especially for a Sunday morning so it's good all in all a brilliant brilliant way to spend a weekend and for any film fans I would definitely recommend setting up your own film festival it's not you know you don't have to have a projector and you can just do it all on one screen do it on your fucking telephone if you want but just program in a few movies think of a theme it's a great idea I don't know why we've not done it before well if I move back to the UK we can do some film festivals as well i just bought a projector actually Mm. that i'm hoping to use while i either go camping or just out and about yeah you watch those stitch up movies Um, on a projector stitch up movies are not worthy of watching (laughs) on a projector i don't think i think that that should be the added layer of stitch uppery to that section is you have to watch all of these films on a projector with like surround sound maybe we'll make it better who knows? Yeah, but that's pretty much all I've been up to, mate. Watching movies and celebrating the Halloween spooky season, um, drinking drinks and eating sweets. Spooky, it was spooky. it was great. Did you go trick or treating? Nah, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> not during COVID. Did you dress? Did you dress up at least? Um, no, I put on a witch's hat. I wore that for a little Fun. bit. Got quite attached to that. But we had little potion bottles for our Skittles vodka, and it was all yeah. I saw good, that super cute, good witchy, witchy vibes. Yeah, it was it was fun. Just get right into it, and mm. you know, I'm like a bit silly and get a bit too involved with it all. But it was a lot of fun and really worth it. Um, so yeah, which themed movies have you watched much lately, mate? I've watched a couple of movies and a couple of TV shows. Mm. Um, something kind of like dry comedy humor. I watched a TV series that came out in 2015. It's called Billy and Billy, and it's about two step step siblings that are attracted to each other and they end up dating, but it's like the stigma of, like, telling their friends and family. 
And then when yeah. they find out, like, it's like, oh, this is kind of incest, but it technically isn't because they're not biologically siblings. It was okay. It has Adam Brody as um, the male. Uh, Billy. Billy. Um, so, yeah, I watched that. I've love season two of Love Life is currently out at the moment, but the whole season at time of recording, it's up to episode six currently. So season one, it followed Darby, who Anna Kedrick's, uh plays that character. And season two is uh, the character's name is Marcus and he's just recently been divorced and he's just going through every episode's like a different person that he's either dating or a friend of, of his kind of thing, um, mm. which is quite good. It's quite realistic to yeah. true romance and true relationships. Mm. So that's a series that I um, would recommend. I finished Squid Game today, which oh, it's, right. there was a massive hype about this uh, series maybe a month or two ago. Have you seen it? No, but everyone's talking about it. Mm. I can't get away from it at the moment. It, yeah, I just finished it like maybe an hour or two ago and I feel it's very heavy. I think you would mm, in, enjoy it is, is probably not the right word, but I think it would be something that you would be interested in watching. Sarah recently watched it and it's one of those things that when everybody's talking about a show, it tends to put me off a little bit. Yeah, and that's but, what um, that's what originally happened to me as well because there was mm. a massive hype at work and like on on social media and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm not gonna. I don't think I want to watch this. And then I watched the trailer. I was like, oh, this kind of looks interesting. I was like, I'll give one or two episodes a go, and then you kind of get hooked. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty messed up, and. There's going to be a second season. If you had to give it a very quick score out of 10, what, what would you what would you say mm. currently? Probably like a 7.5 almost an 8. Mm. I mean it's That's pretty yeah, good. it's quite a, it's it's quite a good series, but oh, I had to like I made myself like a a Sandwich. heavy drink after watching <laughs> after watching it. And I don't I I hardly do that. I like yeah, it was poor. It was that stressful, was it? Yeah, it was just very. I there's there's nine episodes, right? And at the end of episode eight, something happens, mm. and I thought that was the ending of the series. And like, what? They can't end it there. And then I saw the next episode light up. I was like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was oh, okay. Yeah, very full on. And then I watched a couple of movies. I watched Up in the Air with um, George Clooney and Anna Kendricks as well. And I like that movie. I think that's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, it is good. I mm. I think I may have watched it in the cinema, and I haven't seen it since it, it came out. It originally came out, and then yeah. I watched Arrival um, a couple of days ago because I thought Ooh. I should watch at least one of. Dennis, uh, Denny Villeneuve's um, films. Yeah. And first I, time watch? First time watch. Didn't exactly enjoy it as I thought I would. 
I feel like I need to give it another go, but it's not something that I'm rushing to watch again. Yeah, I I, mm. I watched it at a cinema and I was kind of disappointed because oh, really? I felt like it was going to be a movie that I was going to love, mm. and I didn't. I thought it was, I thought it was an excellent movie. I just didn't quite connect with the Amy Adams character and all of that stuff that was going on. Um, I think I called it as well. Like I kind of got what was going on um, pretty early in the film. I felt like earlier than I was supposed to. And that kind of ruined it for me a little bit. Plus Jeremy Renner was in it. So (laughs) down a peg or two. Um, But it it is a well-made movie and it's got some really good ideas and there's nothing else like it. So even if it was Mm. a terrible film, which it's not, it's still no. sort of his, um, I'm glad that it, it, it exists kind of thing. Um, but I, I mean, I was interested to hear what your thoughts on it, on it might be. It's weird. Uh, it's a weird one because yeah. it's a big, it's a big story told in a very small way and like on a personal level, which I guess is what any good sci-fi should do anyway. You're just saying it was quite, quite art housey and, uh, yeah, I guess it is in a way. In a way. But, yeah, that's pretty much all that I've watched recently. Oh, I've got one more thing to talk about. And as you just mentioned about wanting to watch some um, Denny, how many times are we going to screw up his name today? <laughs> Denny Villeneuve movies. Um, I also wanted to do the same. I wanted to go back and watch Blade Runner 2049, but I just didn't have oh, a yeah. spare three days to watch that movie again. Mm. So I did end up last night after I'd, planned the podcast and watched all of the podcast movies last night I sat down and i watched prisoners and oh. they're such a good movie man like it's oh don't tell me about it i think it's still my I mean, favorite I, I really want to watch it oh you haven't seen prisoners i haven't seen it uh, we yet discussed it, was, this, didn't we? it was on my it was my um on my agenda to watch it for this episode mm. and i surprisingly me being at home not i didn't have time <laughs> I somehow didn't have time to watch it. I need to um, put it in my diary at some point. Oh, it's an excellent movie. I think it's still my favourite Villeneuve film. I really, really really like it. It looks incredible. Mm -hmm. The performances are just amazing and it just goes in directions that you just don't expect it to go. Well, I didn't expect them to go in the way that they went with that movie anyway. Um, Okay. Yeah, great. It grips me every time, and I've seen it quite a few times now. And for some reason, it's always a movie that I tend to put on Saturday nights, and I put it on, and I'm like, "Why have I put this movie on on a Saturday night?" <laughs> it's a hard watch. It's a tough watch. Um, like many of his films, actually. I think you, mm. you'll, I think you'll really get on with that movie. I think that's right up your street. Out of out of all of the yeah, Vilna so. films I've seen, I think that one might be one that would be more on your level sort of thing it might be something that you enjoy a okay. bit more than, than an arrival or a Dune. I don't know what your thoughts are on Dune. We'll get to that later, but I think out of all of them, <laughs> prisoners might be the one that I'd be surprised if you didn't, if you didn't love it. Um, okay. Yeah, cool. But yeah, that's it for me, mate. That is all of the stuff I've watched. Shall we move on to Sweet. the next part? Yeah, let's move on to the next part. Uh, section two. So section two then is the bit where we talk about the movies, Dune and Ensemble. But um, as well, as it was 
my choice of theme. It was your choice of theme, but I stole the topic because of our calendars, etc. Blah blah blah. Uninteresting uh, story. (laughs) Because it's fallen on my week, I've prepared a quiz. So I've got a very short Denis Villeneuve quiz. Got six questions. I've actually got seven questions, but I'm not very happy with a seventh one, so I might just cut that. We'll see how the first six go. I was really struggling with an intro for for this for this theme because. There's not a lot of information out there about Villeneuve. He's made a quite a few. He's made a few kind of big budget movies now, but he hasn't. He hasn't got like the catalogue of movies that you would like a Spielberg, like Scorsese, or, or something, or a Scorsese. Like a, mm. Yeah, where you could really go into depth about their career and that sort of thing. So I've, I've got yeah. a few questions that I was able to write kind of on the fly last night. Um, so we'll just see how they go. So there are six. Some of them are multiple choice. Some of them aren't, and one of them's a bit silly. So, <laughs> okay. are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So, question number one in this Dennis Villeneuve quiz. Denny Villeneuve. Let's just say his name every different way possible, and we'll just <laughs> cut out all of the ones that are mispronounced and leaving all the ones yeah. that are fine. Denny yeah. Villeneuve has been nominated once for Best Director at the Oscars, but what was the movie he was nominated for? Was it A, Arrival? Was it B, Ensendee? Or was it C, Prisoners? That's a real hard question. I'm going to say Arrival. Correct. Oh, I thought so. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he he should have got Oscars Potentially for on Sunday, but we'll discuss that a little well, bit later. Yes, I mean it was recognised at the Academy for best, okay, best foreign language, uh, best international film, oh, I believe. Great. Question number two. Okay, so let's let's read this one carefully. So Yemen. The yep. word the word Yemen is an anagram of which movie directed by Denis Villeneuve? Yemen. Yemen. I'll give you a clue. It's okay. not prisoners. <laughs> that's that's a great clue. I would I would think on Sundays, but it's not that. What is it? <laughs> do, do you give up? I give up. That's what that's the answer I'm giving is unsun in on Sundays. Okay. Um incorrect, I'm afraid. It was enemy. Oh my god, what an idiot. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't going to say that. Yeah. I forgot. I totally forgot. I was like, what movies has he? I was going to look it up, but I was like, no, don't. Do no, that. you can't cheat. I can't right. Cheat. Question number three. Um, cinematographer Roger Deakins has worked with Villeneuve on three movies to date. Name all three of those films. You get a point for each. He did Ensemble's. Incorrect. Oh. Oh, you mentioned... Oh, no. 2049? Yes. Mm. No looking it up now. Mm. No, I'm not. I'm just thinking. <laughs> um, let's say... Prisoners? Yep. And the last and one. I'm thinking June, but I don't think it's June. I'm going to say Arrival. Incorrect. But you got two out of the three. That's not bad. Um, the answers were Sicario, which oh, is the one that you didn't get, Blade Runner 2049, and Prisoners. Okay, so follow-up question then. 
question number four. Mm-hmm. Roger Deakins won his first o- Oscar for his work on one of those movies. Which one was it? So Sicario, Blade Runner, or Prisoners? Which one did Roger Deakins win the cinematography Oscar for? Sicario? Incorrect. Prisoners? Nope. It was the final answer. It's 20... the one you didn't say. Really? Blade yeah. Runner? Blade Runner, 2049. Okay. Uh, totally deserved. Looks incredible, that movie. Okay, so question number five. At the time of recording, which Denis Villeneuve movie has the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes? Is it A, Ensemble? Is it B, Prisoners? Or is it C, Arrival? On Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I'm going to say Prisoners. I feel like nah. that's wrong. It's Arrival. I was surprised, actually, that it was Arrival. Yeah. Question number six. Also at the time of recording, which of Denny Villeneuve's movies to date has earned the most coin at the box office? Is it Dune? Is it Sicario? Or is it Arrival? What's What movie has earned the most Ooh. cash? Dune's doing pretty well at the moment, so I hear... This is probably incorrect, but I'm going to go with June. That is correct. It is Aye. June. At the time of recording, it's currently banked just over 300 million, which does make it his Aww. top performing movie. And on a budget of 165 million. Not bad. It's all right. So I'm not going to do question number seven because it wasn't that great. So I'm just going to leave it there. So out of six cool. questions um, and a possible three answers on question three, you got three, four, I don't know. Out of a possible eight, you got four. So it's a 50% 50% hit rate. Probably should do a bit better. Um, Probably should. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do this Villeneuve quiz again one day and we'll, we'll be able to hit, I don't know, like a 75%. What's the pass grade at school? <laughs> it's like 70%, I think, wasn't it? If you got below that, it's rubbish. If you got above that, then it's a pass. I would have just got into university. What am I saying? You can still get into university at a 50% score. I don't think you can get into university based off your results on a Denis Villeneuve <laughs> quiz. I don't think I don't think that's on the questionnaire. Uh, right, should we move on to our movies then? Yeah. Let's do it. I think we should start with June. Oh, really? Okay, let's start with June. So June came out this year, 2021, 155 minutes long. It was directed, obviously, by the one and only Mr. Dennis Villeneuve. The tagline on Letterbox reads, Beyond Fear, Destiny Awaits. And the synopsis goes like this. Paul Trady is a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. As malevolent forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, a commodity capable of unlocking humanity's greatest potential, only those who can conquer their fear will survive. Um, Brand new movie. It's a rare rare occasion where we cover a brand new movie, but it had to be done with this one. I was very excited to watch it uh, because it's a big budget epic sci-fi movie and because it was directed by Denis Villeneuve I don't have a huge affinity knowledge or have even ever seen the original 1984 David Lynch version of Dune so I'm not overly familiar with the world um, but I know enough about it and where it's been referenced in pop culture I think to be able to get through it um, having said that though this film was dense it was dense with um talking about 
different cultures and everyone's reasons for being there and their motivations and there was just a lot going on and I don't know for someone like me that's kind of always following movies and kind of even if there's a film I I haven't seen a trailer for or whatever there's a good chance I'll know roughly what it's about just from Mm. like listening to programs about movies being made during production production stories and and that sort of thing so I mean I wonder how you got on with this movie I mean what what was your you sat down to watch it last night I think and you watched it at home I watched it I watched it today um at Ah. home um and afterwards I decided while I was doing some work I put the uh the original David Lynch 1984 in the background and this like this the um remake is so much better I didn't realize that it was a like it's there's going to be a part two because when you when you see the um the intro of the of the film it says June part one I was like Mm. oh Okay. Well, the book, it's obviously based off a book which we didn't mention. It was written in 1965 by Frank Herbert. Mm -hmm. And obviously, 20 years later, it was adapted by David Lynch in the the movie you just mentioned, which I I believe Mm -hmm. the original theatrical release was a two-hour-long movie. Um, They wanted it to be longer. It was, I think they managed to get it down to three hours, but the studio carved it up to two, which is probably part of the reason why it doesn't make any sense or so i've heard anyway yeah um so it's it's a a, lot it's it's like the the um remake there's it goes into depth of like Mm. every everything that i haven't read the book either but apparently um people who um read it readers of the book have said that this couldn't be created in a film and if you're going to put it in a two-hour film, I wouldn't think so either. Yeah, you've got no chance. I'm really looking forward to seeing what part two is going to be like. But, yeah, the the original David Lynch, I felt like it was a bit rushed and I even stopped it at the point of where um, Dennis Villeneuve's version of June finishes because I didn't mm. really want to figure out what happens in the end just yet. And yeah wasn't really interested in the David Lynch one with mm. like when you see costume I mean it was filmed in the 80s so CGI and all that type of stuff is it's imp- like cinema just cinematography has improved a fair bit since then as mm. well um, well that's so the, I need to give it that's yeah. the thing about Dune and all of Villeneuve movies really is they all look stunning whether or not mm. he's got the master Roger Deakins working um, working on the movie. Even when he's not working on his films, they they look incredible. And June was no exception. It looked amazing. The sound also, I would say, mm. is something that really I thought was excellent. The score was by Hans Zimmer, and he never fails. Really, let's be honest. Okay. And uh, I mean, the the sound really looped me into the story and it was very important I think sound is always important in a film but particularly in this one just to clue me into how everyone was feeling and and what they were doing one thing that I heard about 
the Lynch version is it relied heavily on a voiceover to explain what was going on. And I yeah, guess and that in really some put way, me off as well. Yeah, because it's a bit like it's a bit in your face, it's a bit lazy. Having said that though, I mean, I don't know what else you could have done in trying to tell that story in one movie. Because I guess I I thought June, the Denny Villeneuve one, I thought it was I thought it was okay. Um I I quite I enjoyed the experience of it, but if there was not going to be a sequel, I, I don't think I would have much time for this movie because it's not really? it's not a movie. It's not they tried I think that they from what I've heard is they, they kind of ended it at the best possible point. But it's not really you've got an arc from Paul Atreides' character, Timothy Chalamet, who I thought was excellent, mm-hmm. by the way. I thought he managed to portray that kind of vulnerability but also that that underlying strength really well and very calmly played as well there was only one point in the film where he lost it and because he had been so calm up to that point it really i thought it was really effective and powerful um just while we're on the subject of casting actually i thought rebecca ferguson was was great as uh Schrader's mother brilliant mother, yeah um but yeah the, my biggest criticism of this film is that it's and and it's also it's a it's a positive because I I think it's it's bad to I think it would have been the wrong call to try and squeeze it all into one film, but also I just don't think it works as its own standalone movie. I think it needs something more. It got to the end and I just thought, oh okay, um, I guess let's hope the sequel gets made, and the sequel has been it's, greenlit and there is going yeah. to be one now, but it wasn't it wasn't guaranteed, and I think for me had a sequel not been greenlit I, I think this movie I don't know if I'd ever watch this movie again because I just know that it doesn't really go anywhere um but I get that probably for June enthusiasts and purists it's probably a really good experience but for me as a movie as a standalone there is an arc in there but it's very it's very light and you don't get that much resolution to what's going on and it's all set up um, so, you, so yeah, would just, you watch this in the cinema? Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I wish I had seen it at the cinema. I do regret not having seen it there. I, I was considering after having watched it to go and watch it at the cinema, but I just didn't have the time. And mm-hmm. maybe I would enjoy it more on the big screen. I think I definitely would. Um, but just something about it, I kind of struggled with this one because... I enjoyed the experience. I sat down and was excited. I enjoyed the experience. I was blown away by how it looked and the sound. We haven't even spoken about the sets or the or props. the aircrafts. Yeah, or exactly. Costume. Yeah, the 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 dragonfly type. Um, yeah. Spacecrafts, which is why I think, like you know, June purists will probably get get a lot out of this movie because it's so faithful to the book, apparently. Um, it looks great. It was clearly a labour of love. It's something that Villeneuve has been a fan of since he was, I think he said he read the book when he was 13 years old. So right. that's all great to see. I liken this experience to um, the first Lord of the Rings movie where it's just all, I didn't like Lord of the Rings at all, but it's all set up. It's all just, <laughs> it's all just set up for, for the uh, next, the next movie to come. And right. um, I don't think you could have done it any, any other way, but I do feel like that's a detriment to a standalone movie that I want to watch from start to finish that tells a complete story. It does; it just doesn't do that. 
um, is very much a part one. And I think it will be enriched greatly when I see part two. So as long as part two nails it, which I'm it, I'm sure it will because Villeneuve I think never, there's a lot more delivers. action. I think there's supposed to be more, a lot more action in part two as well. I mean, the yeah. fighting sequences in this film were quite good, I would say. They were brilliant. There was there was nothing bad yeah. about this film. Like, everything about it was good. The, the My one criticism of it is that it wasn't a complete story. But like I said, it's that's also um, a positive thing because I just don't think you can tell this story. So it's like a, it's a double-edged sword for me, which is why I think yeah. I kind of struggled to figure out how I felt about it. Um. I, I probably will revisit it again someday. Um, once well, the second when, one comes out, I probably will go yeah. back and watch this one first. And I've got to sit down and watch the Lynch version at some point. If it was under two hours, I imagine it probably would be sooner uh, rather than later. But I unfortunately, think it's, it's, it's not. It's a little bit over two hours. It is, yeah. So you can't choose it for Stitch Up. No. Um, <laughs> not quite a Stitch Up film, though. Um if okay. when the second when the part two comes out, if they do like a midnight screening and they show part one first, I'll definitely Course, go to that be up screening. Till, it'd be up all night. Yeah, <laughs> no, day. but it'd be I totally would worth fall it. Asleep. There's no way I'd definitely be sleeping during this movie. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't find it dull. I because there was enough going on in it visually with the performances with the sound to keep me engaged um so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't so much of not much happened because a lot happens there's so Mm. much to talk about and you know just some passing comments about the spice and it they can it allows them to travel to travel vast distances in space Mm. um I did have a conversation with someone the other day about what the spice actually is. And I'm not going to say what it is because it might have been pulled from the book, but, and it might be a spoiler for the second part, but that was interesting. And I, I, I wondered why they didn't mention it in the movie or perhaps they did mention it and it was just so dense and packed in there that I didn't notice it. Um, Are you going to tell me? <laughs> no, because it might be a spoiler for, for number two. So I'm not going to mention it okay. here. I'll tell you afterwards. All right. Um, I don't know about you, but I this film didn't drag for me. Like it didn't feel like a two and a half hour film. It felt like an hour and like a ninety minute film, even like it breezed through really well compared to so the part where they've fi- finished off this film where there's a fighting scene. They didn't have that in the original nineteen eighty four um, movie. And maybe in the original director's cut they may have had that, but um, which I quite enjoyed in this film. So you preferred All... the, the you liked the ending of of the twenty twenty one version. Yeah, because it kind of just like in the David Lynch version, they meet this um, this colony. And then they just kind of move on and and then wanting to teach them their like their ways kind of thing. And then it was just like, oh, this is a bit rushed. And I'm glad that I watched um Villeneuve's version first, then mm. watching uh David Lynch's, because 
I, d- I don't think I would have been interested in watching um, the 2021 version. Mm. The cast were great. Was great. I think everyone was well cast for this film. Yeah. Um. And yeah, looking forward to watching part two. And there's potentially a part three for the second book. Mm. I've heard. Yeah, Villeneuve um, wants to make yeah. three movies in total, so mm. definitely something. I think I, the experience of the first movie, I think, will be improved by the existence of movie number two and potentially movie number three for me at least yeah um scores i i um it's a difficult one to score because my score is purely going to be based on in this case the spectacle of it how well it was crafted um not necessarily my enjoyment of it i'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10 because it's an incredible, incredibly well-made film made with a lot of care and attention to detail. I probably give it a 7.8. It's not quite an it's not quite an eight film and it's not quite a 7.5. It's kind of mm. in between. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking forward to watching part two and and part three if it get all gets greenlit. Agreed. Okay, then let's move on to our second Denis Villeneuve movie, which is On Son D. It came out in 2010. It's 131 minutes long, and the tagline on Letterbox reads, The search began at the opening of their mother's will. And the synopsis reads, A mother's last wishes sends twins Jean and Simon on a journey to the Middle East in search of their tangled roots. Adopted from Waji Mawad's acclaimed play, On Son D tells the powerful moving tale of two young adults' voyage to the core of deep-rooted hatred, never-ending wars, and enduring love. Um, okay, so I um, this film, I I thought that this film was going to be about children. I must admit, I think because of the cover of the the, the the poster for the movie and the opening shot as well, the opening shot is a, a boy having his head shaved. I thought that it was going to be about yeah. the boy, but it's not about a, the boy at all. We never see yeah, that boy yeah. again. In fact, um, yeah, it's well, about the twins and the, the the twins. The opening shot of the movie: the twins are, are, are going to an office where they learn, or they know that their mother's dead, but they're learning about her final wishes in her will. Long story mm-hmm. short, they ask, she asks her children in her will to go back to uh, undisclosed country, but it's kind of based on the the, the social political climate of Lebanon in the mid seventies um, and during the civil war that lasted from 1975 to 1990. So it's kind of set within that without really saying it because Villeneuve wanted to make a, a personal story um, right. that had come from real world events, but not necessarily focus on the actual events, rather the effects of them and the effects of the violence and the hatred and the anger. And right out the gate, I would say, bloody hell, I guess my first comment about this movie, mm. bloody hell, um, it hit me like a brick in the face. It kicked me in the bollocks, <laughs> that ending. Um, it's all about the ending, this this one for me, because it's 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 a tough watch. Shocked factor. Yeah, I guess so. It, it was, it's a tough watch. It's It kind of... While I was while I was watching it, it felt like it was meandering, like from present day to past. I was kind of having 
issues keeping up with where we were in the story and whose story we were telling, where we were in the timeline. But it did all come together at the end. So I, I, similarly to how I feel about June, I, I struggled to to reconcile what my thoughts were about this movie. Right after having watched it, I was like, yeah, that was an incredible film. So that was that was easier to determine. Right. But while I was watching it, I was a bit confused, and it wasn't until I got to the end I was like, "Oh, right, okay." But it still took me a minute. Like after we learn what's been going on, I was like, uh, "What, really?" And I'm sure we'll get into explaining what that is. Um, but yeah, so right out the gate, confusing experience, but the ending made it for me, um, and there was enough in there, like technically that looked really good and some of the set design, which we may, we may touch on, but I just felt like added to the story as well. Um, this was one that we've been meaning to watch for a while or, or one that, that I've been meaning to watch for a while. I'm not sure if we mentioned it on the podcast before, but it's certainly one that yeah. we've spoken about offline um, when we worked on that job for and something that, that we we was kind of someone was trying to bully us into watching it for the longest time. We finally, <laughs> yeah. we finally Which I did needed. It. I need to tell that said person that you need um, to tell him we're, that we've watched it for the podcast and yeah. thoughts as well. Yeah, I um, so yeah, Jean, Jean and uh, Simon they get their mother's will, and Jean gets um, an envelope asking uh, to give to her father and Simon has to give an envelope to his brother and they didn't even know that they had a brother, first of mm. all, and um, Simon was, like, very against it and just, like, thought this was a load of bullshit to go back to um, his mum's, uh, you know, discovering his mum's past. And so Jean... Uh, goes back to Yemen, as as you um, assume is the Middle Eastern country. Um, and, it, yeah, you see it goes back and forth from present day to her mum's experience. And it's very heavy and it's very full on. The things that her mum has had to go, go through um, through this movie. And yeah, the ending was a bit of a shock. I guess this movie's been out for a while, so I guess we can spoil. The oh ending, yeah, I mean, or... any of our featured movies. Let's just assume that we're going to spoil them. Talk about it. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that ending because I didn't pick up actually on the start of the film that, uh, which you just mentioned that. Jean was given the letter to give to their father and Simon was given the letter to give to their brother. I didn't clock that when I watched it. Um, right. Obviously, at the end, I'm, they get, they find their father and they find their brother. Um, which is the same person. Which is the same person, which is the gut punch that we were talking about. Mm. So part of... Um, their mother's story includes her having gone, spent some time in prison because she assassinated a political leader, leader of the uh, Christian Christian movement, I believe. And she goes to jail for 15 years and they torture her. Part of that torture is being raped. And what it turns out is that earlier on in the story, 
she had given up a baby for adoption and we assume that 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 baby was killed in a in a terrorist attack but it turns out that that baby grew up and became her torturer unbeknown to them they they didn't neither of them knew but he was raping his mother and she ended up becoming pregnant with twins who we find out are Jean and Simon and yeah. the plan was for them to be thrown in a river um, at the end uh, or after she'd given birth in the prison but the nurse had conspired against the, the prison officers and had uh, agreed to rescue the, the twins I thought that some of that inclusion of because throughout the film we see people swimming in a swimming pool and often when mm-hmm. I see things like that it's a little jar and you think oh what's going on here there must be a reason for it and sometimes there isn't a reason for it but kind of you know in a Villeneuve film it, it has some sort of meaning and it did because well this the swimming pool is the place where the mother finally learns uh, what happened because she sees a man with tattoo a, a tattooed foot um, which was exactly the same as the tattoo that they gave her baby just before they took the baby away. So that's where she learns of what's what's gone on here. But also, like, the twins were meant to be drowned at birth. And the fact that they have such an affinity for swimming, I thought was just quite beautiful imagery. And, yeah, it like I said, it all comes down to the end of the film. The final 10 minutes of this film make the rest of the film better. Uh, and I guess that's a mark of a, a good film. They kind of lay all these breadcrumbs out for you and you've got to follow it along and it's a big payoff at the end. Um, mm. Might be an interesting one to rewatch. It was very heavy, so it might be difficult to get through it again. But I think it's a something good movie. that I would rewatch as well. Yeah, I think it was a great movie. Mm. I watched it like on a uh, one night during the week and I just went to bed like... I mean, it was a lot to process, but yeah. I was just gobsmacked of how amazing this this yeah. the story was. I don't know if this is based off a book or it's based um, on a play. Yeah, it was based off a play, but told very well in the 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 medium of film. And um, I guess you kind it kind of feels like a Villeneuve film as well. It's early, obviously, an early one for him or early in his feature experience anyway yeah. one thing that i i enjoyed was at the beginning of the film when jean is exploring the middle east and trying to find some more information about her mother's past that's when you kind of go into the first flashback and it kind of explains um her her history and her grandmother um she becomes pregnant and her grandmother is obviously dead against it and She's very abusive, like, what am I supposed to do with you? Am I supposed to kill you now? But at the same time, she's consoling her and rubbing her back. And it was that kind of weird, like, contrast of your scum, why have you done this to the family, mixed with, oh, Mm. but we love you. And I just remember thinking, fucking hell, like, what a confusing environment to be brought up in. And And also, like, the set set design in those scenes also reflected that as well because she had some, like, very – like dilapidated type furniture, really like horrible looking worn down furniture. But in the background, there was like warm light as well. So that Mm. even like the visual stuff was cueing you into what was going on here. And I thought that that was just really, really well done. And interesting when Jean went back to like her her mum's hometown and then also potentially met women that knew her mum. At Mm. first they were very welcoming and then they found out 
you know, who her mum was and they just like didn't want to have any interest in that. And I was just, I found that really hard. And as well as with Simon, like he, he finally um, is convinced to come and search for his brother and that final scene when um, he's been blindfolded and he meets with a particular person who was a torturer, torturer who knew his brother, um, that scene was quite powerful and it's the scene that he finds out who his brother was. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't. Um, I didn't fully get it until... Because after that scene, uh, he goes back to see his sister, and he and he he says something like, "How can one plus one make one?" And yeah. I didn't really get what was going on. I was like, I, what? I got and it. her reaction, you got it, did you? Yeah. Okay, I didn't get it because like her reaction was very strong, and I was like, clearly there's something very shocking here, but I'm not sure what it is. And then it wasn't until the the pool scene where she saw the tattoos. And she and her reaction when the guy turned around, she saw his face. That's when I kind of put two and two together right. uh, and came up with one, apparently. Uh, and then obviously the, the nail in the coffin was when they find him, he, their brother stroke father, ugh, um, and they give mm-hmm. him the letters. So fucking hell, man. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot, but but done very, very well. And it's one of those movies I think that uh, I would recommend to anyone to watch just because there's nothing else quite like it that I've seen anyway. I'm sure there is, but not that I've seen. And done to that level of skill. Sarah watched this last night and when she watched it, I kind of, she told me she was about to sit down and watch it and I thought to myself, well, maybe I should have warned her, given her a bit of a warning. But she was fine. She's seen enough shocking shit. She was like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um Good movie, mate. Good, good movie. Good double bill as well. Yeah, um, strong. I would give this a nine. Like, that's as strong as I'm going to go with this film. Yeah. It's something that I would rewatch. And I guess every time you rewatch it as well, you'll discover different things that you miss. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's, to... yeah, I'm sure it's layered. I'm sure it's very, very yeah. layered. Um, I'm at an 8.5. So, Okay. Really good. I did. My initial feeling was nine, but it's not quite a, a, something that I'm going to put on all the time. So it's not quite a nine. Um, yeah, eight point five. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm sticking to. So two yeah. good, solid movies for this week's episode, mate. I'm really happy with with where we went uh, for our Villeneuve picks. And who knows, maybe in 10 years' time, he would have released a, a load more movies that we can talk about. Let's move on to announcing what we're going to pick in the next episode where we've actually already announced our theme for the next episode in the last episode but uh just to recap really what we're going to be doing is we're going to be covering movies that we've picked in the past movies that were part of our initial three picks that didn't get chosen for the main featured episode we're going to be choosing from that so all week you've been running polls on our instagram We chose six movies each and we put all of those movies on polls. We're going to whittle that down to three movies each. And those three movies each are going to be the ones that we pick in the next episode. So that's what we're doing for the next one. Second chance movies. So don't forget to tune in to the next episode to hear what we come up with for that one. Um, final section is Stitch Up. 
where one of us has to watch a terrible movie. Last time I lost a poll, and it's been on there for a while now, I think three weeks in a row, it, it managed to stay on a poll. I managed to evade watching it for all of that time. But finally, I had to sit down and I had to watch William and Kate, which I did do yesterday on my Saturday, on my well-earned, hard-earned day off. Saturday night comes around and I, what, what's what's going on? Oh, I've got to sit down and watch Pissing William and Kate. So I sat down. I tried to do what I did last time um, to record some commentary of me watching the film. I got about 45 minutes into it. I'd said almost nothing because it was just so uninteresting. And I guess that kind of leads into my first point of, of this. Well, let's just do the synopsis, shall we? Because yeah, go on. 2011, 83 minutes long. The tagline on Letterbox reads, A prince, an ordinary girl, and a very British love story. The synopsis reads, William and Kate is the first two unrelated American television... Wrong movie. Fuck it, we're not doing a synopsis. William and Kate, those royal people that met. <laughs> right, it's those two rich white people that we just don't care about. Why would we care about what they're doing? Why would we care about their love life? At least I sat down and I watched the Harry and Meghan one, and that's the one that I did do commentary for. At least there was a potential for some interesting discussion there with what went on and the archaic attitudes of certain people. Uh, at least there was something potentially to mine, and it didn't. Like The film didn't explore any of those themes, really. Um, but this one had nothing going for it at all. The strongest thing about this was the guy that played Prince Charles, who, hello, Sarah, if you're listening, Prince Charles was played by White Rabbit from Banshee. Um, oh, there you go. He was the strongest thing in this by far. He was actually quite good. Everybody else was terrible. The guy that played William in this movie was so willfully miscast. I was starting to use the lose the will to live. Um. <laughs> I started off by doing a commentary. There just wasn't enough interesting stuff going on in this for me to have any kind of interesting thoughts on. It was just two rich white people struggling at college. Oh, let's start. they meet, they fall in love, but they've both got partners. They both split up with their partners. They both get together. He has royal responsibilities. She doesn't care for that. He thinks that he's settling down too young. And then he regrets it. And then he serenades her, which is, I knew that was coming. The second I put this movie on and I started watching where this movie was going, I knew that at some point he was going to sing to her. I just fucking knew it. And he did. Awful, awful, awful movie. It's got absolutely nothing going for it at all. It was devoid of all emotion. It felt like it was just telling you these facts, like just hitting the beats of this royal story. And it just wasn't interesting. It wasn't in, the most interesting part. The, the best performance, as I said, was the, I, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy that played White Rabbit in Banshee. Sarah, please tell me. Um, that was, he was the most interesting, uh, he gave the most interesting performance. And that also led up to the most interest, interesting discussion in this film, which was about Princess Diana and her having and a discussion around would she have been alive now if she wasn't being chased by paparazzi. But even then, yeah. that's like a 30-second, one-minute conversation. At the very end of the film, it was just too little too late. Otherwise, it was two, two people just falling in love and then the normal will-they-won't-they type scenario. And it was mm. just boring as all hell, mate. And it was shit. One star. <laughs> nay, half a star. Um, because you've got to give it something. So half a star because it's a movie that got made for some reason. Very successful cinch-up film. Rubbish. <laughs> right, shall we move on to the polls then? 
We shall, which is currently running as we speak. Let oh, me okay. see where we where we are up to at the moment. So okay, so let's find out the results for the poll then. I chose for you the cat from outer space and you chose for me Attack of the Killer Donuts. So poll is currently running, as you just said. How's it looking currently? Oh. It was my final vote that got this over the line. Um currently there was nine votes. And my final vote before we got on the podcast uh, took it over the line. So you're watching Attack of the Killer Donut. Oh, yay. yay which I'm going to watch because this actually looks kind of funny. Well, maybe. we don't both need to watch it, really. I think that's overkill. No, I know, but I just I just want to see what it's about. So, <laughs> um, All right. But okay, I, so- I need to choose a film for you. Yes, it, it it does. Yeah, you got to replace the attack and of the killer donuts with something else. What are you going to replace it with, mate? Let's not go. Let's let's step away from romance for a while, shall we? I'm going to choose movie forty three. Oh, that's a terrible film. I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a I haven't seen film. it, so thank God I don't have to watch it. So that's what I'm going to go with next week. Oh, okay. So for the next poll then, um, The Cat from Outer Space stays on for another week for you versus Movie 43 for me. You can find that poll on our Instagram at Twin Picks Pod. Um, you can also catch up with the show on Twitter at Twin Picks Pod or email us on Gmail at TwinPicksPod at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show, you can do it at ko-fi.com slash Twin Picks Podcast. Help us with our very important coffee needs. And uh, yeah, that's it, really. Where where can we find you, mate? You can find me on Instagram at Chica Nika or Nika Creative. Awesome. So thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to tune in to the next episode where we're going to be choosing our second chance movies for episode 100. Can you believe it? So keep listening and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. See ya. See ya.